The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. We've reached the unhappy milestone of 153,000 Americans dead of COVID-19 since the beginning of March. That's probably twice the number of war dead we have had since the end of the Second World War in total, including Iraq and Afghanistan, less than half of that number. There are more than four and a half million Americans who have tested positive for the COVID disease. There are more than 50 million Americans out of work as the result of closures of businesses, schools, and other public facilities to stop the spread of the infection. 20 million of those 50 million are depending on the CARES Act $600 a week in additional unemployment insurance to pay for food, rent, and utilities. That assistance expires today, July 31st. The need does not expire. In fact, the Census Bureau reports that their weekly survey found that 30 million Americans did not have enough to eat at some point during the week of July 21st, 2020. Let me repeat that because it's not merely a statistic. It's real hardship experienced on every street corner in this vast and wealthy nation. 30 million Americans report that they have not had enough to eat at some point during the week of July 21st, 2020. Yes, I said 30 million. 30 million of our fellow Americans are going hungry. Recent estimates by major banks and federal agencies suggest that as many as 100,000 small businesses will close permanently by year's end, taking with them perhaps a million jobs. And yesterday was a particularly bad economic news day. We learned yesterday that the gross domestic product, GDP, shrank over 9% during the second quarter of the year, bringing the annualized contraction of our gross domestic product to over 32%. And clearly, not going to surprise you that that's the biggest contraction of GDP since the Great Depression. Federal Reserve Bank Chairman Jay Powell emerged from Wednesday's Fed meeting, reassuring investors that the Fed will continue to put liquidity into the markets with purchases of mortgage-backed securities and treasury bonds. But Chairman Powell was blunt. A fiscal policy that addresses holistically the continuing emergency 
is urgently needed. It cannot be delayed, and it must be generous, and it must be open-ended. The pandemic will dictate, said Chairman Powell, the pace of economic recovery, but congressional inaction at this crucial time can make that recovery much steeper and slower. And what do the Republicans in the United States Senate and the Democrats in the United States House of Representatives do in the face of this massive public health and economic crisis? They play politics. The politics of what is currently proposed on both sides is head-scratching because it's simply a political and economic death wish. Republicans appear all too willing to die on a pyre of voter outrage in November. And Democrats appear too confident of their position with the voters. This is the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I solve problems, I don't make them. And in my last podcast, I assess the GOP Senate concern about the excess incentive in giving people $600 a week in additional federal supplemental unemployment assistance. I said then, and I think more, even more strongly today, that that position, that $600 is excessive, too generous, is both cruel let that one sink in. Yeah, it's cruel and it's cynical. And forgive me, but after a massive one-time sugar high of so-called middle-class tax relief and a long-term goodie bag for global business interests that was the 2017 tax bill, in light of that tax bill and what it did to the national debt, the mere mention of the national debt and worries about deficit spending at this moment (laughs) ring hollow from here to outer space. Please, if you're gonna be callous, at least try to cover it with some creativity. Your collective lack, dear Senate Republicans, your collective lack, lack of an empathy gene is showing. The only analogy, and it keeps coming back to me because I've spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C., and when you walk the streets, you, you see the demographics. So the only analogy that comes to mind is that of the plantation overseer of the Jim Crow South. This is definitely not, this GOP is definitely not the compassionate conservatism of George W. Bush. Even if you listened to last Sunday's podcast, talking about the concept of the velocity of money and its importance in growing the U.S. economy bears frequent repetition, lest any of us forget how it works. Putting money in the pockets of working class Americans accelerates economic growth in the United States. They spend every penny of that money on necessities, on food, on rent, on utilities. 
the speed. It's not the amount of money. It's the speed with which that money changes hands that determines the rate of growth of the or shrinking of the economy. Instead of $600 a week in supplemental unemployment, the GOP's initial offer includes $200 a week, a third of what these people have been getting by on, kind of, except when they're hungry. And that $200 a week is only good until the states can develop new unemployment systems that calculate and distribute 70% of the applicant's previous wages. Psst. Hey, Mr. Ms. Senator, IT tools in the public sector take years to build if they ever get finished. We will have a vaccine for COVID-19, and may, barring that, at least effective therapies to treat it long before even Google, who has signed up, can build a new one for this a new um, unemployment IT system for California. Our Governor Newsom has declared our current system state-of-the-art in 1979. Well, <clears throat> way back in 1999, I led a team that looked at what it would take to bring the largest system, that is unemployment insurance, help with retraining, all the other corollary things that support an unemployed person, what it would take to bring that into the 21st century. Having seen then what they had, 1979, I think Gavin's being a little optimistic and a little bit generous. So no, I don't think to, to, that there is any way to get to a universal or national system that distributes 70% of the applicant's previous wages anytime in the next presidential term. But I digress. $200 is intended to be a disincentive for these 20 million people. The way the Senate looks at it, these people are out, are, are at home eating bonbons while a, a hundred million jobs are going begging for people. And Furthermore, these senators believe that these people would gladly take these jobs if only the Senate, in passing their unemployment assistance, assistance could punish the unemployed sufficiently into homelessness and starvation in the midst of a century-changing pandemic. They're not just callous, they're illogical. And what I want to know is how those senators expect to go home and explain to their constituents when the lines at the food banks double and triple starting next week. Even this insufficient offer that GOP senators fear may not be enough to get President Donald Trump, COVID denier-in-chief, to agree to a new relief bill unless there are sweeteners that are included to appeal to both his political ego and his personal bank account. John Bolton, in his book, The Room Where It Happened, 
offers up numerous examples of how those sweeteners were used by Trump advisors to get the president to agree to other policy and budget proposals. So there's no real other reason for a COVID-19 emergency rescue bill to include a $2 billion line item for rebuilding a multi-year effort, the FBI headquarters on its current site, rather than following through on the less costly suburban site that had been planned when Trump was elected president. Well, <laughs> there's a pretty simple explanation the existing building, which is quite literally falling apart. Yeah, they have, you know, um, webs underneath to catch the falling pieces of concrete so they don't fall on people. The existing building is falling apart, but you know where it's located? It's directly across the street from the old post office, better known as the Trump Hotel. And you know, if the FBI moved to suburban Virginia, that site would be a prime location for a new hotel. Competition for the Trumps. Or as Marie Antoinette once said of the peasants and the bourgeoisie, no bread, let them eat cake. If you took that same $2 billion and instead of making it a budget line item, you actually appropriated $2 billion more in the parsimonious um, GOP bill, it would translate into three and a third million $600 a week checks injected into the economy this year, not sometime in the future. 3.3 million $600 a week checks injected into the economy this year versus sometime in the future. And if the GOP were not looking for get the president to sign whatever we come up with sweeteners, like Easter candy, why else would there be a provision to increase the deductibility of business lunches? Business lunches used to be way, way, way back in my youth. They used to be deductible. And then during the Bush years, they reduced that to 50%. Uh, they reduced that first, they reduced it to zero, actually. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and then in 2017, they brought it back to you could deduct 50% of a business lunch. So in this COVID relief bill, 30 million people didn't have enough to eat last week. The Senate the GOP Senate now wants to increase the deductibility of business lunches in restaurants that are closed because of the spread of COVID to 100%. Yes, they want to bring back the two martini lunch and make it 100% tax deductible while starving the legitimately COVID unemployed. You know why they want to do this? Remember the Trump Hotel? Three blocks from the White House? Maybe six, seven blocks from 
the Capitol. And the bill also seeks to restore a few hundred million dollars that the president stole from the military budget for Trump's magical, mystical border wall. Well, you know, the purpose of that wall has now changed. It's a wall the rest of the world wants us to build so that it will keep Americans and our germs in. The reason for restoring it is so that a couple of Midwestern senators can go home and say, see, we've got your jet aircraft back on in the budget. You know, in other words, it's Midwestern jobs. And while I'm a great believer in Midwestern jobs, I'm also a great believer in well-budgeted, well-executed, multi-year, multi-release um, programs that come in at or under budget, something our Pentagon is really not particularly good at doing. In fact, they can't even audit the Pentagon. It's that bad. The total package with all these goody booties in it, and $200 a week for those who really need it, uh, comes to about a trillion dollars. Now, the Democrats passed a bill a couple of months ago, and their bill, called the HEROES Act, proposes spending $3 trillion. Of course, it covers state and local government um, because the tax base for a lot of state and local government has been decimated by the pandemic. And money for education, plus $600 a week in unemployment assistance, at least for the balance of this year. Oh, and then, and then, that bill has a host of other, shall we call them social priorities, that would be more appropriately argued out during the 2021-2022 budget negotiations and beyond. They are things that would never, ever get funded in a normal appropriation process. So there is sin on both sides. The two bills will need to be reconciled. Another word for that might be most of the goodies jettisoned. Oh, but you can't jettison all of the goodies because we got to mollify the president or he might not sign it. And you know what? Tomorrow, the unemployment assistance and the PPP and other provisions of the CARES Act expire. But we're told that all this sausage making that comes out of these incredibly um, poorly conceived um, goodie bags between the House and the Senate, that it will take weeks to make that sausage. Weeks. While in the meantime, millions of people will see their anxiety and suffering increase starting Monday morning. And you know what else will happen? The third quarter GDP will continue to contract because $600 a week helps to buy food, pay rent, and utilities. And 70% of our economy is consumer spending. You know, if the U.S. government were a business, the only one I could think of would be Woolworths. 
Yeah, a lot of you never heard of Woolworths. And that's because once it was the wealthiest company in the nation, a novel idea, and it was mismanaged out of existence by selfish, self-indulgent heirs to the original fortune. Again, I ask, where is the leadership in our government? Where is the courage to tackle with honesty and integrity the urgent issues before us as a people? Perhaps the most appropriate title for the bill that isn't would be to call it the Failing Our Heroes Act. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.